When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory. Pride. Passion. In search of silverware. And they found Major League Soccer. In search of glory, but I think Norwich and Orlando are having a competition as to who can be the worst. Oh dear, it's all gone pear shaped for Orlando. This is the MLS UK show. Yes, welcome to episode 14. How has that happened? The MLS UK show with me, Elliot Holman. And me, Henry Hewitt. Here's what we've got for you over the next 60 minutes or so. Things uh, things haven't gone well for Orlando over the last couple of weeks, so we'll just kind of skip past that. We'll uh, run through some of last week's action for you. However, we're doing a lot better than Seattle. We've got Sounders fan Devon on the line. He's going to be telling us what on earth is going on. Yeah, what has happened to Seattle. Uh, also... Five things you may have missed from MLS this week. We will keep you bang up to date. And there's some midweek games for us to have a look at too. Yeah, let's take a look. The MLS UK Show. Right, we're back. We've had a little break uh, to Ibiza, uh, which was great. We've both... Well, we're both wearing white today to show off our tan. <laughs> that was an actual tactic of mine. Um, do you know what was nice? People actually missed us, believe it or not. People tweeted us saying they missed us last week. Yeah, that is nice. Uh, none of our families or friends did, but uh, you guys in the world of MLS UK show, you did. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm like, as soon as we got back, I was watching loads and loads of MLS and I've loved it this weekend. It's just good to be back involved. Yeah, purposely. Uh, so we went on the Tuesday morning. So last bit of MLS action we saw was Montreal v LA Galaxy. Oh. Um, and then uh, that slap, though. Mm. Yeah. Zlatan. Um, 
And then for the week, I thought, well, I don't really want to... I want to have a break from it. And I just want to keep... I'll keep my eye on it, but not too much. And then, obviously, this weekend, it started up again. And I, I thought, well, I love MLS. Why did I do that? And it, it dawned on me, really, that that was because Atlanta got beat 3-1 by Red Bulls, which I'm really glad we didn't do a podcast last week. Uh, so I thought, well, <laughs> we I need... We both lost last yeah, week. <laughs> I need a week off, uh, just like Atlanta have. But I'm back. We're back. And it was a good weekend of, of action. Yeah, I, I want to start. Um, obviously, I need to. All right, I need to just clear something up about Toronto. Okay, so um, we went away. We didn't do a podcast last week, and loads of people tweeted me saying, "Oh, that's convenient, isn't it? You're not doing a podcast because Orlando got beaten." Um, it, right. I think we need a bit of a, a TFC disclaimer, and I think you'll back me up on this. I think. I hope. Anyway, now. Anything that we've ever said about TFC, maybe I've ever said about TFC on this podcast, has has stemmed from communication we've had on Twitter, it, right? So, so when we posted the, the the final score, for example, when they were losing to Colorado, people were replying to, them, "Yeah, well, it's not our it's not our A team, it's our B team, it's our C team," and we were kind of like, "Yeah, but this is MLS, like get on with it." Um, every anything we've said is kind of like been in response. We're not just we're not just picking on. TFC. Um, if if people tweet us and, and they get involved at MLS UK show, um, then then we like to kind of you know bring them into it and, and respond. So a um, lot of lot of sort of bitter Toronto fans, and I'm kind of like, well, yeah, but I'm just replying to the messages that that we're getting. I'm just saying, I do think they went about the start of the season the wrong way. I really hope they can turn it around. The same with Seattle because we want to see these teams uh, doing really well, but Toronto did get a win over Orlando. Yeah, well, this is hard for me because I'm really enjoying all these messages you're getting. I'm not getting any of them. <laughs> like, if you listen back to episode one of the podcast, we said that we anticipated Toronto would have a bit of a difficult start to the season with the Champions League. Uh, they got to the final, of course, and we have said before we really wanted them to win the final. But you were obviously more vocal about uh, stuff just because we did get a few tweets. Mm. I've kind of took a step back. I've tried to defend them, uh, and I do think Toronto will rise, like rise up the table as you do. However, any fans of any club, if Elliot says anything and you want to tweet him a load of abuse, then uh, that's completely fine <laughs> with me. Well, this is good because right, I want to start with Toronto this week, right? Toronto um, versus FC Dallas, and it's not what you're thinking. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to gloat. Okay, because actually. Um, to be honest with you, this in this game, Toronto were, were totally dominant. They they took the game to Dallas. It was what we want to watch in MLS. This is why we love this league. Toronto went about this the right way. They took the game to Dallas. They just could not score. Um, it was literally wave after wave after wave of attack. If that would have happened, this is what I want to put to you, right? If if Toronto had a game last season where it just, just, just wouldn't go in, like it just wasn't happening. They played really well, but it just wasn't happening. You'd just write it off, wouldn't you? You wouldn't, you wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. Whereas, of course, the pressure is on because of the start they've had. The pressure is on, and this is why people are, are beginning to talk. But I don't think there's anything to worry about from that particular game because it just would not go in. It was hitting the post, the bar, the keeper was making incredible saves. Um, Giovinco was was on it, apart from the penalty miss. Um, I, I don't think I don't think this is a representation of of their season so far because I think that the Toronto played really well in this game. Uh, they did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's not forgetting FC Dallas. 
I mean, he got seven bookings in this game, which tells you everything. <laughs> but uh, they're a good team. They've only lost one this season. Yeah. Uh, but Toronto, you're right, it's just not clicking for him at the moment. And somebody who is feeling the the stress of it all is Giovinco. He missed his penalty and then he just looked like a man possessed mm. for the rest of the game because he, you can tell he really wants this to work. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He's the main man. It just isn't happening. He got sent off the other week. His season's been stop-start with the Champions League as well. So Toronto, yeah, they've got They've got a big few weeks, uh, just like Seattle, coming up to the transfer window uh, until after the World Cup. They've got some big weeks coming up, and they do. It will click. It's Toronto. Mm. They're the best team in MLS history. Uh, but then, as I said, saying that FC Dallas, they're no, they're no mugs, and they knew what they needed to do. They got the goal early on. A bit of luck, and they've they've they're smashing it at the moment. There's a couple of Giovinco chances that I want to talk about. There was a free kick within the first minute. Uh, last season it would have just flown in top corner no drama and they would have just coasted coasted on um, there was then like within five minutes unreal volley from Giovinco mm. caught it so so well I was like what a hit but then what a save and these are the things when they just start to add up and add up and your confidence gets knocked a little bit more every single time that, that you're not scoring obviously the penalty miss as well um, but the, the Dallas goal to be fair Toronto were on top but Dallas just made that chance count. They did. Uruti, again, uh, scored in his last four games. He's on form. And this is the difference, is that when you're on form and when it's happening for you, the chances fall to you. Then mm. they go in and uh, it, the complete chalk and cheese at the moment, Uruti and, and Giovinco, in terms of uh, luck, in terms of confidence. And uh, that's the difference. And, and that's why FC Dallas are up at the top of the table and Toronto aren't. Yeah, I don't want to take too much away from, from Dallas because actually it was kind of a lesson in how to go to um, BMO Field and, and get a result because it was a really good performance. They they rode their luck at times. Of course they did. There was good saves. that you know uh, Toronto were unlucky to score numerous times. But Dallas got back in numbers. They scrapped. They scrambled in their own box. Like you say, they had a few bookings. Um, but... When when it came down to it, the ball never went in the back of the net. And actually, from watching this game back, if you look, every time there's a bit of danger in, in the Dallas box, every time Toronto looked like they're getting close, they didn't panic and they didn't just lump it. They didn't just kick it as hard as they could. They tried to play out. And, and I like that. Away from home, a team like Toronto is difficult to do. Um, but actually, Dallas have, have got the players to do that. Um, and it just stops that next wave of... Um, possession coming straight back at you when when you're not just lumping it up the field and it coming straight back to you it's kind of it's a pointless exercise um, so fair play to them for for going and, and trying to play the right way yeah Oscar Parisia said a few weeks ago uh, don't concentrate on us when you start concentrating <laughs> on us saying we're doing well that's when we stop doing well well I'm sorry Oscar but this was a really big performance, a great win, and everyone's looking at you now, Dallas, so pressure's on. Dallas are going to win MS Cup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Dallas, yeah, Dallas are playing well. Toronto aren't. It's the fine margins, but Toronto, they'll they'll do it. It's just They'll be disappointed because since the Champions League final, I remember when we talked, to, to, we had a Toronto episode, and we said, like, the next, uh, what, six games, I think, five mm. of them were at home. They've only picked up seven points. They'll be hugely disappointed by that. But maybe getting away from BMO Field, that may uh, that getting away from that pressure of the home fans, mm. it it may enlighten them a bit. Something different. So we'll have to see. Yeah, um, I want to talk about the the Minnesota Montreal game as well because what is happening to Montreal? Two 0 Minnesota win. Now. I'm I'm not going to say it because I say it every single week. <laughs> so I'm going to let you start 
what's going on with Montreal? And I, I wonder how long it'll take you to mention uh, a certain name. Go. Oh, well, lost the last four. They've not scored. I, I'm, I defended Remy Guard. There it is. <laughs> but you, you've got to look at the way they've started. They've got to look at the way behind the table. I mean, the president, Joey Saputo, uh, said before the game, pressure's on, changes will have to be made. And then they go away to Minnesota. But the thing is, Montreal, are they not getting blown away? They're not losing 4 or 5 nil, But they're not scoring. So you say that, but conceded nearly 30 goals already. Only scored 14. Yeah, but I'm talking the last few games. <laughs> I'm, come on, Stop I'm, trying like, to stick up I'm clinging on to something for them. Right. It's not good enough. It's, it's not been a good start. Um, we think DC have had a horrendous start. Yeah? Hmm. Now... They've got nine points. Montreal have also got nine points, but they've played three more games. So when everyone's saying, oh, DC, DC, Montreal are the ones that really, really are in danger. There's only one team that's played more games than Montreal. That's uh, that's Columbus. Yeah. Now, nine points from 13 games is really, really, really poor. Yeah, and it just isn't happening. They've got the players. This is the thing. When you've got the players and it's not happening, then unfortunately you have got to look at the manager. There's only certain managers in world football who get away with it because you look and think, well, the team's not quite where it should and be. And even Wenger's gone. Yeah. So now Wenger's gone. Everyone moves up one. Uh, but yeah, Remy Gard, he's coming uh, to a good side. I mean, Montreal, they, they did all right last season. Mm. So, But this, yeah. is, this is my thing. I want to take you back to the first first few episodes when I mentioned Remy Gard. And this is not, I'm not saying, oh, I was right. But I, what I want to actually highlight is the fact of what I actually said was that Remy Gard's had mixed success. So um, in France, done really well. When he was over here in the Premier League, when we got to have a really good look at him, when we weren't doing this podcast, we were just watching football and watching the Premier League, as you do. Aston Villa were in trouble. They didn't have... Well, they had big names. They had a squad that was more than capable of staying up, but they were in free fall. And he did not manage to stop that. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. And it didn't look like he was ever going to rescue that. What I said at the start, um, if you listen back to the first few podcasts, is that while if Montreal are okay and they're doing all right, then fine. You know, MLS isn't as... We'll all agree the standard's not the same as the Premier League. But but my concerns weren't about the football. They were about the morale, grabbing a team that's that's on the decline and trying to turn things around. And, and this is exactly now what he's got to try and do. And it's not working. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not. Uh, but, I mean, Minnesota... Minnesota's a tough place to go. I've I've pointed out before, in Minnesota at home, they are a lot better than they are away. However, Montreal at the moment are not showing me anything that whether, you know, some teams you can cling on to, are they better at home? You know, wait till they play at home, which Montreal are, but that's <laughs> nine points from 13 games. They're not good anywhere at the moment. And that he's under pressure and I can see if it carries on, you know, is Joey Saputo going to want to go into the transfer window with Remy Gard? Hmm. Probably not. I've got a question for you. Right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how terrible has DC United's season been? Forget everything we just said. Let's focus DC United. How terrible has their season been? 1 to 10. Uh, if you'd asked me a month ago, I'd have said 2. However, they've, they've, they've kind of... No, I'd have said 1, actually. But now it's moved up to about a 3. <laughs> just because they've picked up points last few weeks. So if I now told you that Montreal have lost twice as many games as DC United, 
Yeah, the Montreal's is a one because DC didn't. Is it's not as if they did well last year and it's they're down at the bottom. And also, there's a bit of that light at the end of a tunnel with the Rooney rumors and the performances last few weeks. Montreal, there's just nothing. They've got the players. They, there's just nothing at the moment. I don't mm. see anything. I know uh, they did well against New England the other week, but other than that, it's been poor. Uh, you know, and to lose the last four without scoring a goal is just it's it's in MLS. In a league that's known for attacking, scoring goals, it's not, it's not good enough. There's there's a few games um, during the week, so so we'll be doing another podcast this week. Uh, Montreal not in action, so so we will be focusing still on on that loss away to to Minnesota. Should we should we try and speak to somebody from from Montreal, find out what's going on? Yeah, if you're a Montreal fan, or you know a Montreal supporters group, or you just you know a Montreal fan, get in touch with us. We, and, and have your say, like we're going to chat to Devon, who's a Seattle fan later on. They're not doing very well. He's going to have his say and he's going to tell us, uh, may, he's, may tell us why Seattle will be fine. He may say, why are they not going to be fine? Montreal fans, we want to speak to you and we want to we want to just see what, what's going on. Yeah, so at MLS UK Show on Twitter, if you are a Montreal fan or you want to nominate one, that happens quite a lot. Oh, my mate would be quite good. And they're like, what? Um, at MLS UK Show on Twitter. Um, shall we just quickly talk about LAFC before um, before we move on? Because we've touched on, on DC. DC, yeah. DC and LAFC with a with a 1-1 draw. The LAFC goal was classic DC defending. Yeah. They had so many numbers back. They had so many in the box. But the ball still found its way over to the other side where there was absolutely no one. Um, broke free in the box and uh, and Rossi curled it home. And from this point, I'll be honest with you, I was like, this is going to get ugly. This yeah. is this is going to be messy. Um, but fair play to DC because LAFC went down to 10 men and uh, then missed a penalty as well. And after... Oh, no, sorry. LAFC went down to 10 men, which kind of put things on an even keel um, thought they were going to have a penalty but but that was ruled out and the next thing you know Maddox ties the game and, and fair play to DC because I feel like no matter who you are uh, a point at, at Bank of California Stadium is, is a good good haul yeah I feel sometimes we can give DC a tough ride on this podcast uh, we know what LAFC can do they'll be disappointed not to have won the game Um DC have gone there and got a point, regardless of what you say. Oh, they're down to ten men or whatever. They've gone to a tough place and got a point, mm. and they've been doing well the last few weeks. They're starting to turn the corner, which is great to see. DC United. I mean, they're one of the heritage teams in MLS. We want them to do all right. So uh, you know, it's a really good point. Mattox getting a goal again as well. He's doing all right. So that's the thing. DC is now they're slowly turning the corner. Can they now accelerate? Can they get the Rooney deal over the line? We'll be talking about that in the the five things from MLS this week. It's starting to look a bit rosier for DC. Famous last words. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, uh, obviously, we we made some predictions, which we'll take a look at in a second. So, Houston Dynamo three, New York City one. That was a bit of a surprise. It was, however, New York City not won in the last five away games now. Mm. Uh, so, I think the the Arsenal stuff. I know that's been resolved now, um, but I'd. I can see that it it would have turned Patrick Vieira's head. You know, that's obvious it it would have done. So, maybe they still... They're very... Like, they beat Colorado 4-0, but then they've got this result. So... Mm. But they're still in there. They're still, what, third in the uh, Eastern Conference? So, there's nothing to worry about. Houston are good at home. 
And uh, Houston have now beaten Atlanta and New York City at home, which and Toronto uh, and Toronto, you know, reserves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, I feel like they're maybe not getting enough enough credit in all this as well. It, 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 when a team goes to Houston and, and loses, it's like, oh wow, that's a, that's a shock. Maybe it's not anymore. No, and they've got a striker in Ellis who's got seven this season. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Houston, another good win for them. They're, they're going about the business quite quietly and I think they're doing quite well. LA Galaxy got a, a 1-0 victory in the Cali Classico. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes, just a, it's another another load of points. I, I, what's, like I said last week, what uh, what do you do? Why is there no changes being made here? No, uh, they beat Minnesota and we thought, well... It, that, again, that could be a turning point for them. You look at D- nah. DC and Minnesota, uh, sorry, uh, San Jose, they suddenly got a win. He's like, brilliant. And then San Jose went and lost to DC, and now this. And it's and it, LA, LA Galaxy are not not in a great run of form. Um, I wouldn't say a particularly difficult team to go and beat at the minute. I know it's easier said than done on the road in, in MLS, but that's a game that they would have been really up for, surely. Yeah. LA Galaxy, right? So Zlatan got sent off mm. last week at 0-0. They held on and won that game at Montreal, and now they've won this. Are LA Galaxy going to be a better team without the pressure of having Zlatan in the team? According to the first few weeks of the season, no. But I can see where you're coming from with that. Look, if you've got Zlatan, you want Zlatan on the pitch. If Zlatan's on your roster and you're paying all that money a week to Zlatan, you want him on the pitch. Um, They won't be happy with the nature of the way that that he got sent off and, and subsequently got a ban. You want Zlatan on the field, surely. He can make something happen out of nothing. Yeah, well, maybe this break will do Zlatan good. He can sort of sit back. And I know he's trying to... Uh, LA have got him... Sorry, LA Galaxy have got him uh, going on Kimmel and James mm. Carden and whatever and promoting that. That's fine. But maybe this week off, he can, he can just settle down, get used to the area, get used to the team a bit, and maybe he can come back and, and really show us what Zlatan can do. Because he's had the odd moments that, that he uh, helped in the goal... Uh, one of the goals against Houston, that pass, and then he mm. scored the odd goal, and obviously the LAFC game. But it's been it's been spurts. It's Bits not and been starts. yeah. So maybe this will do him good. Uh, we're going to talk about Seattle in a little bit. They lost again at home to RSL. Uh, we're going to chat to uh, to Devon, who's a Sanders fan, uh, about that. I want to find out what his thoughts are on the rest of the season. Like, how far can they go? Can they turn this around? Um, a lot of goals. Vancouver Whitecaps, three. New England Revolution, three. What, what a game. What a game. And and a hat-trick as well. Yeah, Tachera, I mean, you've got to be... If you was New uh, New England Revolution, you must be so disappointed with this. The thing is, though, is that if you'd, if you'd I'm sure if you'd have said to Brad Fried, all right, you're going to go and get a point at Vancouver, he'd have taken that. I think it's the nature in which yeah. the, the, the game went, which was disappointing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we know what New England Revolution can do. They've still had a really good start. Another goal for Penila, another goal for Bunbury. Tichero, though, he needed to make up. After the sending off the other week, had the farce of scoring the penalty and then taking his shirts off <laughs> whilst on the booking. He needed to make up for it. He, he certainly did that this week. You can't separate those two. Uh, it's, it was uh, Vancouver 3, New England 3. Both teams sat in sixth place in their respective conferences as well. Yeah, and Vancouver, uh, if you want to bet on goals at the moment, mm-hmm. four draws in a row, three of them were 2-2, and now this 3-3, it's just incredible to watch them at the moment. Yeah, get your, get your bets on New England and <laughs> Vancouver. Um, 
on on Sunday for us at least. Um, I need to uh, I need to do it. I'm afraid. Oh, it's going to be a lot of these tonight. Yeah. New York Red Bulls nil. Philadelphia Union nil. This now, Philadelphia fans don't think I haven't noticed. This isn't the first time that we've been yep. booing you. This was <laughs> this was. Put it this way, you predicted this would be 3-1, I said 4-1. Hmm. What on earth happened here? New York Red Bulls have won the last four. First time they've not scored in MLS this season. At home to Philadelphia, this was a home banker. And it was nil-nil. And the fact that Philadelphia missed a penalty as well, they could have won. And they've not been good on the road either. I was I was really, really surprised by this. Um, just skip past this one. Orlando City 1, Chicago Fire 2. Oh. Um, no, Colorado no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. I had to put up with six weeks of get in. You've lost the last three. What's going on, Elliot? Jason Christ, get out. Oh, no, not this. You're as bad as Arsenal with Vengi, you lot. Are you missing Dwyer? Just a bit. Do you know what, though? Um, Dwyer aside, he's carrying a little bit of an injury. That's fine. That's, that's not, uh, you know, you, you can't pick a, a player that's injured. Right. This is the first time where... The team was announced before the game, and I genuinely did not want to watch it. Really? It was horrific. Why? What was up with it? Right. Let me f- let me find you this lineup. Right. I've got the lineup here. Okay. Right. You talk me. Th- you talk me through it, and you s- you tell me. Go through each player. Right. Uh, so of course we've got Ben Nick in goal. Yep, that's fine. The goal scorer. You don't like him, but he scored two in two now. Higita. Right. Higita is a is a central defensive midfielder. He sits in front of the defence. His job is to shield the ball. Why is he now becoming one of our top goal scorers? <laughs> All right, OK. Well, let's look up front. So you had Coleman up front. Yeah. I, now, I like Coleman, but he is an attacking midfielder who should be sitting behind someone like Dom Dwyer and, and pulling the strings. The guy's got incredible feet. Really, really he's not a lone striker. Look, look at him. He's not a, a big... He's not going to go and win... You know, win headers, hold the ball up. Ridiculous. But you still had the Clashroom uh, playing. You had Mirren playing. You had Mueller playing. You know, you've you've got players there. I don't think it was that. Yeah, he's made five changes, but I don't think it was that bad of a. But players at players at centre back who aren't even centre backs in in Tony Russia. You've got uh, players missing for for the World Cup, which is absolutely fine. But it worries me that the, the World Cup is is on now. You know that this is us for the next couple of months. If this is the squad selection, then I want no part of it. This is Ooh. all. This is, there's two goalkeepers on the bench. <laughs> yeah, we've sent out Cam Lindley on loan. We sent a couple of players out on loan actually this week, and then we've had to name two players on the bench. That's a bit of a silly thing to do. Uh, well done, Chicago. Though first sending off of the season for Chicago, they had a pretty good uh, disciplinary record. Do you know what? One thing I will say is like it wasn't. It wasn't hor- performance wise. It wasn't horrific. Uh, to Chicago scored two really good goals. Yep. I, I wouldn't, I, I can't complain about that. And actually, if you're going to concede, I suppose they're the sort that you'd rather concede. I'm, I'm clinging on to things here, but uh, but at least you can. I'm I'm not being biased. I'm being realistic. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was a terrible lineup. I didn't want to watch the game as soon as I saw it. I knew what was coming. Oh, and uh, our uh, our fellow Brit Mo Adams getting sent off. So. Mm. Um, Right, Colorado, Portland. Saying nothing on that because he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> Hi, Mo, if you're listening. Was never a red. 
Colorado, Portland. Colorado now lost the last six. Portland won the last six. Uh, 3-2 to Portland. These two couldn't have played each other at a worse time for Colorado or a better time for Portland. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when have you got these runs? So I looked at this before the game. We chose our predictions. We were in IB for sat by the pool mm. and I ran through them. And I thought, Colorado lost the last five. Portland won the last five. Whenever there's a run, I think it's going to end at some point. And I should have learned, I should have known by Orlando's six-match winning streak that uh, in MLS, it doesn't quite work like that. And obviously, Portland have won. Uh, Armenteros. In what, form. In form. What a signing he's been. It was his first goal where he was kind of like Bergkamp saw him years ago. Mm. Flicked around the defender, went on to it. Fantastic. So six wins on the bounce, up to third in the Western Conference. Such a contrast to to the start of the season where uh, we had to wait for them to to be able to play at home to start picking up some points, but um, really, really looking like the the, the team in form, playing some really nice stuff, Portland. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have, you are. We all know I've got a soft spot for Portland. So we're going to talk about Seattle RSL uh, with Devon a little later on. Um, the last game of the weekend, then Sporting KC Columbus Crew get the boo ready, Elliot, because this finished nil nil. It was no. an eventful nil-nil, though. Do you know what? I will always, always, always bet on goals in MLS. <laughs> I went under in this game. I bet against goals because Columbus just have not conceded a goal since 1942. <laughs> uh, and, and SKC, I didn't feel like we're, we're going to start putting 10 goals past them. I, I went, really. it's really rare that I do it, but I bet against goals in this game. And, and there we go. So as much as we're giving it the boo... I kind of am a little bit pleased. Yeah, well. Uh, Zach Stefan, 495 minutes without conceding now. Um, and can we just say as well, for, for Gaston, he's back. After all this time, Gaston's back. So we're really pleased about that. All the Columbus players, like even uh, Miram, mm. even tweeted about it. Everyone's glad that he's back. So it was a good performance from Columbus to go. For, it was going really well until the 40th minute. And then it kind of went pear-shaped <laughs> before half-time. Yeah, um, and also I've just realised, you know I said Philly, not the first time we've booed them for a nil-nil. I know, Columbus. Columbus. Columbus are in the nil-nil squad as well. Come on, sort it out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, so Zardes missed a penalty. Mm. He, he didn't look confident to me. No, this is a strange one because he's actually like in the joint lead for, for Golden Boot. But just, yeah. It didn't look like that was ever going to go in. No. Uh, good save, though. And then Higuain, who arguably, probably, definitely now, should have took the penalty. Uh, this went to VAR a couple of minutes after the incident. He got sent off. Do you agree with it? No, because it's lost me points in fantasy football. <laughs> the commentators here in the UK uh, were were saying that it shouldn't have been a sending off. Whereas all I saw on Twitter was people saying... It should have been a sending off. Yeah, it's one of the a lot of a lot of people arguing about it. At the end of the day, VAR is there to make the decision, so it's been looked at. It's been looked at again by two different people. The decision has been made. You know what? I agree with it. I think it was a sending off. I think the the tackle was it was he was stretching and those tackled, especially when he's his foot. He'd ended up above his ankle or on his mm. ankle. He could have broken his ankle. I think it was a sending off. I love Higuain. He's a great player and I would rather see him on the pitch. However, I've got to agree with it. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's the sort of tackle that you have to kind of make an make an example of. Unfortunately, um, let's talk about Seattle. When we when we're talking about Sanders, um, I want to bring in Devon. Devon, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, no problem at all. Um, Glad to be here. It's uh, it's been a a difficult start to the season. Is that a fair assessment? That would be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk us through it from from your perspective first of all. Um. So. From my perspective, it's um, been a lot of talking people off cliffs, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, mostly because I haven't quite hit the panic button, um, as a lot of people really have. And that was mostly because, I mean, looking through the first, you know, five, six games specifically, um, there were a lot of games that really we could have or should have won, but due to poor circumstances or (laughs) just dumb luck i mean the game went against us i mean i mean let's say even the home opener against lafc where we lost one nothing really the only thing in that game that we didn't have was the finishing side i mean we had plenty of chances and tyler miller um our backup from last year who's now the starting keeper at la he just stood on his head and pretty much prevented it. I mean, <laughs> within those first five, six games of the season, we really didn't get played off the field one time other than against FC Dallas. And then um, and when we were doing the Champions League with Guadalajara, but both of those games were um, really due to injuries in short time because um, the FC Dallas game fell after the Guadalajara game and every single team that played that week and the Champions League, Mexican or American, lost their next league game. So in that respect, I haven't been too stressed. But um, at this point, oddly enough, we're actually only one point behind where we were last year <laughs> <laughs> after 10 games um, because we had nine. And so um, for me, it's more a matter of if we don't get ourselves sorted in these next seven games up until – the transfer window that's when we're really going to have to struggle because if we don't get 12 points in the next seven games which will lead up to the transfer window opening up and on july 10th that's when we're going to have pretty much put ourselves in the spot where it's ridiculously hard to get back is it fair to say that these next maybe three four games are absolutely crucial in where you realistically can finish this season because there needs to be points on the board. Like you say, you're, you're kind of almost at a level of where you were last year, but but then you turned it around. So so this is a really, really crucial period. Um, I would say, yeah, I would extend it, extend it only to the seven games because at that point, um, at that point you have a transfer window opening up, right? And within those seven games, um, I would say that really actually six of them are winnable. I would say that probably when we go away to New York, we probably won't win. Ultimately, we really should have beaten RSL yesterday, and we should be able to beat RSL um, on this on June second as well. And then the next games that we have are DC, Chicago, Portland again, and Colorado, and the Revolution. So none of those teams are going to be are really world beaters by any means. So all of those games should be winnable. And so as long as we can get to at least 12 points from those next seven games, we should be okay. Because at that point, we'd only need to average um, about 1.5 
points a game to get to the 46 points, which is what has been in the Western Conference required to get just the last spot in playoffs. And so for me, the, if we don't if we, you know, drop two or three games during that time, that's really going to be the struggle. Because <laughs> uh, I leave zero room for error. Now, Devin, looking at how the Sounders have started this season, uh, you, you've said that they haven't really been played off the park by any teams. However, two goals scored in the last five games. Right. Where do you look at in the team and maybe individual players who have, have not been pulling the weight and who needs to do a lot better for the Sounders to move up the table? <clears throat> so the players that haven't really been performing have been the ones that have mostly been injured, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, when you're playing with, you know, your third or first third or fourth string players in a couple of positions, that makes it pretty difficult to have anything really solid going forward because our defense as it stands has been pretty consistent the last couple of years. We've been pretty much averaging about 1.2 goals a game, which is very, very good in terms of MOS. But going forward, pretty much most of our starting players have been out. And the players that have been backups are, you know, 18, 19 years old and are just pretty much either coming into their first MOS season or on their second season. And they weren't playing great to begin with. Um, And so our biggest issue going forward and preventing that is the lack of players to choose from. Because, I mean, at any given time, we've had upwards of seven to probably nine players that are either gone from suspension, being injured, or at this point now going to the World Cup, gone for the World Cup. And so, I mean, yeah, Will Bruin probably should have been finishing better, but now he's hurt, and now we're down to a player we just signed in Chankum um, two days ago, who's now our fourth string, and he was a USL player until then. So, I, I, when you, uh, I mean, obviously you're there, you're, uh, you know, you have a better uh, understanding of what the fans are saying more than we do here in the UK. But are the fans looking at it uh, with more realistic, like you are, or are they starting to get on the manager's back and expecting a lot more? I would say that um, from my people with my perspective are more the minority, as far as I can tell. Um, just by being within even the sounder at heart, like the uh, Sports Illustrated um, blog that um, the NFL, the sounders, it pretty much does most of the main reporting on them, um, as well as the other internet forums and even on Twitter. Um, more people are pretty much um, wanting to go after the GM, Garth Lagerway, and to some extent, people are starting to turn on Schmetzer too. Um because they expect better. Now, I've personally, again, overlooked it because injuries and the, you know, extenuating circumstances that the suspensions that you really can't deal with. However, um, yesterday was the first day that I started really questioning Schmetzer's choices. And that's when I decided that um, they were probably going to have a lot bigger problem on their hand when, a lot of the people that I've seen that are the more rational voices um, and are looking more big picture, whether it's in regards to our spending habits, which people are saying that we don't spend money, which isn't necessarily true, and are starting to go, huh, I'm not very happy with this now because there's issues that I'm starting to see that aren't right. 
calling into question, um, for instance, in yesterday's game, or not yesterday's game, but RSL's game on Saturday, the substitution choices. One of them was having your hand forced because of injury, but bringing in Lamar Nagel, you know, he's not exactly a world beater, but okay, he's some sort of a f- offensive player that, you know, he scores a worldie every now and then, but other than that, he doesn't bring a whole lot to the table. But then when you're down one nothing at home in a game you need to win and you bring out an outside back who's a backup and was on some team's second team last year, and, you know, you just signed a young forward who has something to prove, why not throw the kid out there and get him some minutes? Because at this point, he's the only starting forward that we have. And so that's when I kind of stood back and went, well, I'm questioning what Schmetzer's doing now because sometimes his sub sub choices are odd to say the least. Uh, I just want to ask you quickly about Will Bruin, if that's okay, because I I know you you, you mentioned him uh, a little while back. If Will is is fit and firing on all cylinders, how good is Will and, and how much could you rely on him solely? Because he's played seven games this season um, right. he's he scored three goals from what like 18, 18 shots that's that's not a bad return is he good enough for you to to rely on when fully fit um so i personally was okay with us not bringing in another striker when morris went down with dempsey and bruin as being essentially the strikers that were going forward because i was confident that bruin while not a great player i think that is a stopgap for those two months, I thought that he would be okay because I mean, again, he's good for probably 10 goals a season and that's even with limited minutes. Now his finishing so far um, was, you know, not as desired, but I mean, cause he's, he's a, he's a weird player that, you know, he's built like he should be able to play as a target man, but he really doesn't try to play like a target man all that well he almost tries to play like Jordan Morris when he is not as fast and that is not his game that he should be trying to play. So if he could really, you know, accept the fact that he's just a big body and, you know, and almost a poacher at the same time while he's in the box, I think that if he can do those things and get that sorted and bring other people into the attack, we're better. But if he has a misconception that he's going to, you know, spread the attack by trying to run in behind them, that's really not what he's about. So if he gets that figured out, yeah, we should be okay. But, I mean, he could be out another week or two, and that could be a big problem. Yeah. Of course. I I mean, um, he's literally got, like, bang on 50% success rate in terms of shots on target. Mm -hmm. So not not a total disaster, but... You, you would like to have somebody like Jordan Morris and, and maybe Clint Dempsey in and around him to kind of pick up the, um, you know, where he's not exactly um, firing on, on all cylinders. Um, another mm-hmm. another stat that I just want to run by you that, that I think is, is really interesting. I know you say you're not ready to hit the panic button and, and I kind of get that because I think Seattle and Toronto will, will both finish a lot higher than, than they currently are. Um, but, but Seattle currently averaging like 0.8 points per game, which right. I think we can all agree is pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, if, if that was to continue, if, if if that was to continue over the course of the season, you're going to be finishing on less than 28 points. Now, in last year's standings, that puts you below Galaxy in the West, below DC in the East. That's almost like breaking records. 
Is this 100% mm-hmm. going to turn around? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that um, this team, just based off of who they are and who we have, could possibly manage to go that well and stay that well. Um, the I mean, you could see it even when Alonzo was starting to come back and then, you know, hurt his other quad, um, that even with just his presence, it brings a lot to the team and we played a little bit we played better going forward. And then we have Rodriguez, who's almost coming back. And his thing was bizarre um, in his injury in that he ended up having arthroscopic surgery a few weeks back. But, I mean, recovery from that's about a month. I mean, because it's so minimal, it's minimal invasive. Anyways, he will bring a lot to the attack because we really don't have a left winger now because Boana just went down. And Boana, I have mixed feelings about anyways, um, because of how he's been, but he's new, so that's going to happen. And, you know, with um, now we have Key Hughes now coming back and going to be in full fitness, he'll be there to fill in. Lodero's gone, but I mean, Bruin should be back hopefully. So, I mean, from the players and the pieces that are missing, it's most of the offensive ones that are gone. And then I have full confidence in Loggerway that we're going to bring in two players that'll do what we've done the last couple of years. That'll change the way that we play and make us better. Um, I don't have any issues with, you know, the press transfer windows and not getting another DP when, you know, when we had the Duralis Martinez saga that was going on and, um, you know, they, we decided we, they'd agreed on about $6 million transfer and then they upped it to 10 and the Sounders said, no, I mean, if you say yes to that, well, now you've set a precedent going forward that other teams could just price gouge you, which isn't exactly good either. <laughs> yeah, what what would be your if these seven games went fairly average and and the transfer window opened up? What would you what would you do if you're in charge? If you're um, if you're in charge of purchasing, who do you go for and why? What, what areas really need strengthening? I know, obviously, injuries to, to Jordan Morris, etc. Um, aside, where where else really needs strengthening? Well, um, obviously, the forward line is gonna. We're gonna have to have a We're gonna sign a DP striker. That's pretty much what's going to happen. Now, the other depth spot that really needs to be looked at as well is um, either at center back because Marshall's getting up there in age, and we're gonna need. We're going to need cover there as well. Um, but Alonzo, we're going to be needing to move past Ozzy Alonzo. Like, he's been great for as long as he's been here. But, I mean, he hasn't been able to stay healthy for probably really most of the last four years. He's missed time in a lot of important places. He's missed playoffs uh, as more years than I can remember. And... Um, I mean, we've been trying to move on from him forever, but because he, but he's such a presence for us that um, with Alex, I mean, not with Alex, but Christian Roldan coming in, it's really helped us because it used to be we just didn't win without Ozzy at all. And so having another player that has that much of a presence and for us and bringing someone in to replace that will be huge for the Sounders. And so, I mean, those are the two places that we really need to worry about because everywhere else we have reasonable depth and coming out of the World Cup, we should be okay. And, I mean, that's kind of Toronto's thing at this point uh, is just the injuries. So they'll get it sorted. But for us, 
we definitely were missing some pieces, but coming into the season, it, I wasn't going, oh, we were missing a lot. But, you know, losing Jordan Morris was incredibly bad. Well, uh, Schmetzer has said there's only one way to go, and that's up. So he's looking at it very positively. Um, go on then, Devin, before you go, what's your predictions then? Where will Sounders finish this season? Um. I would say that the reasonable <laughs> thought on it would be we'd probably, I still think that we'll probably make about 46 points. I still think that there's enough time for us to get that sorted, um, which would still, I think we'd be good for probably fifth or sixth in the West. I don't see us, you know, ending up averaging two and a half points a game for the last 17 games of the season because the transfer window, like, like I said, it, it actually opens pretty much exactly halfway through our season. Well, so, in terms of a, a hunt for, for MLS Cup, fifth or sixth in the West is, is no drama, and, and that would actually be a, a pretty impressive turnaround two years running. So you, you, you take that, right? I would take that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, thank you so much for joining us. Um, great to get a real, oh, yeah. real insight from, uh, from the Sanders camp. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll speak to you again soon when Seattle are a little bit further up the Western Conference. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. MLS UK Show with Elliot Holman and Henry Hewitt. So before we move on to uh, some of the some of the games we've got to look forward to midweek, let's just check how our predictions went. I'm thinking not that well. No, there's a few uh, few interesting results thrown up this weekend. So we do predictions every week on uh, MLS UK Show. You get five points if you get a correct outcome. So for example, if you said that Chicago would beat Orlando, you get five points, Yay. and you get ten points for a correct score. So if you said Chicago would beat Orlando 2-1. Uh, we've drawn this week, me and you. We've all got 20 points. That's despite me getting the Minnesota-Montreal score right. Wow. And uh, But you've you've got 20 points. Um, and we've actually... People who have got in, in touch, which you can do, just DM us your predictions, and you'll get a mention on the show. Quite a few people do. We are actually joint first. No one got more than 20. That tells you how difficult it was this week. Mm. And I think the cert, especially the Philadelphia score, uh, them getting a draw at New York Red Bulls, that threw a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people said Toronto would beat FC Dallas, so that's thrown a lot of people. I don't think anyone said Chicago would beat uh, Orlando. So there's been a few results that um, that have thrown people. Although, I think I was the only one to say Houston would beat New York City, so I'm taking, uh, I'm, you know, I'm taking the plaudits for that one. So what you're saying is that uh, whilst sat on a sun lounger in Ibiza, not really giving it any thought whatsoever, I managed to um, actually do all right and beat everybody else um, along with you. Yeah. Uh, so, so... so we should probably go back this week to do them? Yeah. I, I, let's do that. I'm sure our, our jobs will be fine with that. It makes the podcast better. So we'll put it on expenses, yeah? <laughs> okay. That'll work. Elliot Holman. Henry Hewitt. MLS UK show. Okay, let's take a look at some of the things you may have missed in MLS this week. Some of the things we may have missed because we were uh, we were out of the country. Um, go on, over to you. Right, US Open Cup round four draw. We was again. Sorry to mention it, but we were by the pool when this happened. <laughs> uh, thrown up some juicy ties. Uh, you've got to look at the Red Bulls, New York City uh, as a, a repeat of was it round four last year that this happened? Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, they've been drawn together. Columbus Crew, Chicago Fire, Real Salt Lake, Sporting KC, Portland Timbers, San Jose Earthquakes, and then there's some interesting matches involving like USL teams and stuff. Uh, LAFC, their first ever 
MLS Cup tie there against uh, Fresno FC. I think I've pronounced that US, right. US Cup tie. What did I say? MLS. Oh. Sounds like Elsewhere, uh, there's uh, some interesting ties that have been thrown up You involving uh, USL teams in the US Open Cup. Uh, LAFC, they've played their first ever US Open Cup game. They're against uh, Fresno. Fresno FC? Don't know if I've pronounced no that No idea. Right. Not in MLS, so don't have to know. Uh, Orlando have got uh, a trip to Miami. No, Miami. You can say that all right. Yeah, Miami, uh, Miami FC tweeting, saying they're bringing... MLS to Miami, which I thought was class. Yeah, uh, Atlanta play Charleston Battery and uh, Nashville as well. They've uh, got an MLS Cup. Uh, and Nashville as well. They've got an MLS tie there against Colorado Rapids at home. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I found it really hard to care about the US Open Cup last year, so I'm going to try again this year. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, we've already mentioned Zach Stefan, Columbus Crew. He's got the record. For uh, is it four nine five four hundred ninety five minutes in a row without uh, without conceding, which is great. He's moved into the top ten longest clean sheet records in MLS for goalkeepers. If he can keep a clean sheet against Toronto at the weekend, as you do, he will move into the top three. So this should be interesting because uh, was it nine minutes he had to last mm. to get the record Columbus record. Yeah. So if you're watching the game against Toronto, it is literally going to be every ten minutes. Like oh, he's moving up to ninth. Yeah, he's got another twelve minutes to move up to eighth. But the, sorry, but the way Giovinco was taking shots from absolutely anywhere at the weekend, he's got his hands full. He has. So uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch, see if they can continue it. As long as they score, we don't want another nil-nil. Yeah. Uh, right, DC United. Ben Olsen's been talking about the potential signing of Wayne Rooney. We discussed this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Even Check- I'm getting bored of this I now. Know. Get on with it. Check out our Twitter page, at MLS UK Show. You can get a clip of what, uh, what Elliot said about it. Uh, he said that Wayne would be a great player for the league, which we agree with. He's also admitted that there is interest from Wayne's side too. Apparently Wayne is in the US trying to shore up this deal. So fingers crossed, we'd love to have Wayne Rooney in the MLS. What do you reckon, when it comes to contract negotiations, what do you reckon he's actually arguing over? I reckon it's like something pathetic. Um, Like Shrek must be shown on the big screen before the game. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It would be to do with like merchandise and stuff. It always is, isn't it? Mm. Uh, elsewhere, LA Galaxy president Chris Klein has told reporters that they have no plans to sell the Dos Santos brothers after the World Cup. There have been rumours, but Klein said they're just rumours from the internet. They want to get rid of the manager first, not the players. Yeah, they've got a lot. He just yeah. stands there. Yeah. I the mean... least athletic man, least inspiring man in the world just standing there while they're getting beaten. Just like, cool, keep going, guys. I know he's done well in his career, but for Zlatan... Yeah. Do you look over to the, the sideline? He's not very inspiring, is it? Slatan for player coach. Oh, just imagine. Uh, right, finally this week, the fifth thing we've learned is that Joe Hart could be on his uh, way to MLS. He, of course, was left out of the England World Cup squad. He's had a pretty nightmare the last two years, it must be said, uh, with losing his place in the Manchester City team. He didn't really do it for West Ham either last year. Uh, he is rumoured to sign for? I bet, uh, oh, I'll tell you what. It's obvious if you think about it. Yeah, he still belongs to Man City, doesn't he? So it'll be NYCFC. NYCFC. So now uh, this is a good move for NYCFC because their weakest position, no one will argue, is goalkeeper. Sean Johnson, I don't rate him. So if you bring Joe Hart in, they are instantly a, a stronger, better team. Um, we'll see. Oh come on! No, Joe Hart's just not. I, I, he's, he's just 
I think he's rubbish now. So no, but I, I, any, any, I think Sean Johnson's one of the worst keepers in MLS. You say that, yeah, but I don't know. He's got a good save in him, and he's he's done all right. I don't think he's done as bad as what you're saying. Personally, he has his moments though, and it's like so does Joe Hart. Well, we'll see, won't we? Again. I hope this happens. It'll be good for Joe. Yeah, we want a lot of... Like, fill MLS with, with British players. <laughs> we're taking over, baby. <laughs> that was good. Um, shall we take a look ahead to this week? Let's do it. This week in MLS. So, this is the first of two podcasts this week because, as a little treat, there's some midweek games which I love. Yes, they've put midweek games on at the same time uh, as the US national team have games. So... Mm. Uh, Says a lot about the US national team at the minute. Yeah, so uh, US are playing. Uh, actually, playing. We're recording this on Monday. They're playing Bolivia tonight. Mm. So, uh, I don't care less. <laughs> yes, I know we have a lot of fans that listen from the US, but yeah, our country, England, have got a World Cup. To look we're in the World to, Cup so. and we're struggling to care. So, yeah. Uh, right, Wednesday. This is well, technically Thursday morning here in the UK, but Wednesday night in the US, uh, kicking off New England Revolution v Atlanta United. Half twelve in the morning. This uh, is a really interesting game. This is. Uh, I think this is a tough game for Atlanta. It is, and uh, that says a lot about how New England have done. At the start of the season, we were saying, "Oh, well, Brad Friedel, manager, he's not really had the experience." Uh, I'll be honest that if you showed me the table and swapped New England with, uh, I don't know, uh, Toronto, I wouldn't be surprised. Or Montreal, I would not have been surprised. But there we go, New England in sixth. So it's a tough game for Atlanta. They need to get back on it. I think Atlanta the last few weeks, I know they won at Orlando, but the defeats of Red Bulls and SKC at home. As an Atlanta fan, we really need to get back on it. I'm I'm saying this is 2-2. Wishful thinking a little bit, but... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw, but you know what? I'm ho- I'm a hopeful Atlanta fan. I'm going to say 2-1 to my boys. Okay. Philadelphia Union, um, who deserve this? <laughs> After their despicable nil-nil draw. Um, are back at home. They're facing Chicago Fire. I reckon this is a 1-1. Ooh, in the battle of the cheese versus the pizza. <laughs> so I know what he's places for just put his microphone down after that it doesn't deserve to be uh, so I'm going for a 1-1 draw there uh, on to uh, Real Salt Lake <laughs> right you can come back just behave yourself right um, I'm going to go 2-0 to the cheese great right, bye <laughs> 2-0 to the cheese steak Philadelphia oh, as if you just said that RSL versus Houston Dynamo RSL uh, got the first away win of the season um, against Seattle and when you look at the fact that they are they do better at home that's a fact I think they will do I think they'll carry on the good farm Houston for me are a team I know they beat Chicago but they're a team who do better at home as well so I'm going to go RSL I'm going to go 3-2 I think it'd be despite being a midweek game I think it'd be a high scoring game 1-0 2 Real Salt Lake okay LA Galaxy versus FC Dallas. This is at half three on Thursday morning. The final game of May in MLS. Yeah. Um, LA Galaxy have turned the corner. They've they've kept it tight at the back. They've won the last two games. FC Dallas is going to be a tough team to play against. I can see them setting up FC Dallas similar to how they did against Toronto. 
And I, I can see them. I can see them winning. Actually, FC Dallas having it be two one. I'm going to go two nil. Oh, to Dallas. Yep. Okay. Right. Well, there are four predictions for this week. Get in touch. We want you to get involved as well. DM us at MLS UK Show on Twitter and tell us your predictions. This is part one of this week's prediction league, or is it part two? Maybe part one. This is part one. This is yeah. the first leg. Um, so four games happening Wednesday night, uh, and we'll be back with you looking ahead to a busy weekend as we start June in MLS. Yes. Um, and and like I say, I want to I want to start chatting to. To a, a Montreal fan, I want to get to the bottom of what's going on. So, if you know somebody, or if you're up for it, if you're up for coming on and having a chat at MLS UK Show on Twitter, uh, message us, drop us a DM, whatever you like, and uh, and we'll get in contact. And hopefully, we'll be we'll be talking Montreal Impact and Remy Guard on part two as we look ahead to the weekend's fixtures. Thanks for joining us. Yep, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, and of course, we will be back before the weekend with more MLS UK Show. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.